morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Wherever you're listening, welcome to the Lost and Living podcast. A place where I share the challenges I've confronted and the lessons I've learned in a bid to help you find stoke in your life, no matter what the circumstances. So we can all get lost in living, no matter what. We also talk a bit of story about the fun stuff I've been doing over the last fortnight, exploring this amazing planet. Now, I may not have any formal qualifications, though I will speak from my own experience and share my own opinions. And also curiosity, as I share my knowledge with you all, I hope to gain some as well. So if you have a story you want to tell and want to be a guest or even share it anonymously, be sure to reach me at my website, bordiesandbeanies.com. That's Bordies N, N for November.com. That's also the Instagram, uh, YouTube channel as well. So here we are with episode four. Last week, we dived into some challenging aspects of mental health, addressing the often avoided and tiptoed around topics like self-harm and suicide. Our aim was to normalize talking about these issues. I know from personal experience how difficult it can be to have these conversations as I have avoided asking the questions and discussing my own thoughts many, many times. However, it's precisely this avoidance and tiptoeing that made me want to challenge that and for everyone to talk about it. Whether you're unsure If you should ask someone who may be struggling or if you yourself are battling with these thoughts and need to talk about it, normalizing the conversations, just as we're normalizing the notion that it's okay to not be okay these days, takes another step forward in the mental health movement, enabling more people to seek or offer genuine help without fear or judgment. So let's continue to have these tough conversations as shedding light on these issues will only benefit more people. Moving forward this week, I wanted to discuss the role of groups, sports, arts, and other activities in helping us cope with our own mental health. After speaking with Andy's Man Club last week, it made me reflect on how effective these settings can be, and also made me question why. Like, the answer is probably simple. It's a safety net. Does weekly gatherings provide a space where people feel genuinely safe and free from judgment? allowing them to openly express the demons we all face at some point. Because everyone in the room is there for the same reason. The fear dissipates because the setting is designed to promote openness. The issues that we discuss may not always be the same, but the shared emotions and fears upon walking in are. It's that connection to each other that allows the masks to drop, the facade, uh, sorry, the facade to um, lift. Creating a sense of safety that fosters genuine communication and healing. We lean on each other and we learn together. But like I said, this setting is designed in a way that we feel safe and want to communicate. So what is it about other settings, not specifically designed for communication, that still help us so much? Like engaging in sports, whether it's solo or team-based, joining an arts and crafts group or taking lessons, indulging in music... You know, creating it or just listening, film, yoga, gym. What is it about these settings that seem to be so helpful? I believe it's because they provide a breather. The ability to pause, take a break from the mental battle and focus on something entirely different. Something that demands more attention and sometimes all of your attention, mostly all of your attention. You see, you can sit there alone and watch Netflix all day. But give it five seconds before your brain starts bouncing between what you're binge watching and what you're battling. 
not something you can do when you're surfing. See, if you're in the ocean and you don't give it your full attention, man, she sits up and slaps you and chews you up and spits you out. So you literally have to give it all your attention. Or when playing team sports, as another example, you know, it's not for everyone, but focusing on the angle of the wind, like we all play sport to win. (laughs) I know I do, I'm super competitive. But in any sport requires a strategy, even some sort of imagination and takes concentration to not only achieve that result, but also to avoid getting hurt. Then there's the arts, like in many forms. Again, your brain switches its gears into an imagination drive transporting you to a completely different location where the end goal is now whatever you're trying to create you know music painting pottery like the skies are actually the limit now some would argue that art can be the most therapeutic of all of them allowing you to pour your emotions onto a canvas whatever the canvas is helping you deal and even heal sometimes without even realizing it regardless they all have something in common they transport you They demand your attention and imagination and signal your brain to focus on a single goal. Now, music obviously falls into the same category as art, especially when you're creating it. It can be amazing for giving you something else to focus on. However, it's not just creating the different forms of art that helps us escape and re-centers ourselves to come back and deal with whatever's ailing us on a more level-headed manner. I have often said the power of music amazes me, putting it into the same context as even love. You see, I think both music and love have the ability to enhance any experience or emotion we have, whether it's positive or negative. So when using music as your release, be careful about what kind of music and the message the song is portraying. The same goes for paintings and any other forms of art. Be conscious of the energy that it conveys. I know I use music as a way of doing almost anything. I get up in the morning, chuck some songs on no matter what. Like I just, I love hearing music. It was an integral part of my upbringing. My father's also mad about music as well as my brother. And my dad even hosts a radio show back home in our hometown in Australia. Now, it's something he's super proud of. And you should see his little walk to the mailbox every day to see who sent him a sample of music. It's literally the cutest. Biggest smile on his face. He loves it. But yeah, I grew up in a, in a household where we were pretty much rock and roll dominated. But then I started to listen to a lot of R&B and rap, you know, before it was cool. Because <laughs> um, I basically lived at my best mate's house, the Samoan family. They're literally the most beautiful and best people you'll ever meet. Um, They were basically my other family. But it was that vast mixture of music that allowed me to appreciate all genres, such as jazz, blues, rock, rap, hip-hop, indie, hardcore. Like I could go on all day. There's literally not a genre I don't love. See, music is a phenomenal instrument to use. Just like all the other examples I've given, they transport you to a place free from your ailments, which can be a new, like, give you a new perspective and calm you enough to approach things in a more calculated manner and to be honest i actually use pretty much all of them frequently like music gym surfing all the other sports skating snowboarding basketball they are absolutely my way of staying grounded and you know more importantly like if you are battling and you want to use these things as a as a way of just relaxing they do they give you a breather
because your mind's not focused on whatever it is you're battling at the moment and, and it's completely somewhere else that's more often than not it's just not as intense it gives you that break you literally get a smoker which in australia we call smoker it's like time out or recess <laughs> on top of music though you know my favorite ways to get that break and, and and relax a little bit even though i'm not relaxing would have to be like my board sports snowboarding skating surfing and and going to the gym but as I mentioned earlier, the ocean requires so much attention. It's literally dangerous to focus on anything else. And at the same time, it's so beautiful. You're in awe of it. You still have to cautiously respect it. Anything less can have nasty repercussions. And on the other hand, snowboarding requires similar focus. But I personally feel there's less fear involved for me. Sure, you have to be cautious and stay safe to avoid injury. As there's dangers all over the mountain. Then the surfing, you know, as an asthmatic, I've said it before, it's hard enough for me to breathe on land, but I still can't get enough of either of them. You know, there's fear involved with both, I get it, but it's just, I guess it's that, that break I get, you know, literally not thinking about anything else than the art of snowboarding or surfing or skating or anything when I'm doing those things, because if I do, it could be bad and I don't want it to be bad. I want to have a good time. They both require so much imagination, you know, you want to you want to flow, you want to hit these amazing lines while taking in all the nature around you and just it's just beautiful. Looking down a mountain surrounded by peaks, the planet is absolutely stunning, but you have to respect it. And then there's the gym. The gym is my selfish time. It's when I get to be alone with music and push myself, get those endorphins flowing. By striving to be better myself each day. This allows me to enjoy surfing and snowboarding even more. So I guess they they entwine as well. Now I understand these, um, these techniques or these activities might not be for everyone. But there's so much out there for you to do. Do not sit there watching Netflix. It's not going to help. It's not always going to allow you to heal. But the benefits of taking a breather can be immensely important. Maybe it'll change your perspective. Maybe the break will allow you to see things in a new light, giving you a new angle to approach the challenges you face. Or simply, it'll just be a breather that you needed, potentially leading you to find something like Andy's Man Club or the countless other groups that are out there to help. Then things can go even further, where these like these breathers, these coping mechanisms, give you strength to seek more professional help. You know, from a therapist who can help you deal with your past trauma. Or give you courage to confide in family and friends. Or maybe it even drives you to seek a life coach. You know, someone that's there to help you clarify your goals and set you on the right course to, uh, course to continue in your journey. One thing is for sure, no matter what approach you take, everyone is going through something. However, none of us are alone. Like that's one thing I'm learning with this podcast, you know, where there's so many of us in the same boat. So if you find yourself unable to talk about how you feel or even not able to seek a group setting with a safety net and give you that confidence to talk out, try give yourself a breather in other ways. Then go back to attempting to start that conversation wherever it is and do this over and over and over again until you it feels right. You have unlimited mulligans. So don't give up. I know how hard it can be and how lonely it can be to deal with these issues internally I've done it which is why I'm sitting here telling you don't do it alone because 
it doesn't help. We often, you know, automatically isolate ourselves so that we don't feel like a burden. It's tough at the time, but hopefully by normalizing all these conversations and mental health, it won't be that way one day. But until you're comfortable to talk, find your breather. Whether it's yoga, a wellness class, a sports team, an arts and crafts group, or any other activity, there's so much out there, man. Just You just have to look. Find something that makes you stoked. Whether it gives you fear or not, if it makes you stoked, just do it. On a side note, stoked is happy. <laughs> I've been told my my jargon, my language is a bit um, different to some, so stoked means happy. So yeah, find something that makes you stoked. It may sound simple, I know, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But by simply doing these like small things, no matter how small or how big or whatever, you know, the simple breather, you're going to start to get the ball rolling and moving forward on your own path, no matter what that is. Nothing can be accomplished by sitting in the dark. I know it feels like that's where you have to be or that's what you deserve, but trust me, you don't. So today I wanted to talk directly to some of the groups that I mentioned before and get their perspective on the impact they have on mental health directly. Um, so I'd like, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Helen, one of the creators of The Sirens, which is a women's only surf and yoga group, um, which is a collaboration between her Happy Seal Yoga and um, The Surf Coach. So g'day, Helen, how are you? Hey, Jack. nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, we had a little bit All of good a today, thank buffer you. there, but yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's what's happening? Tell us a bit about, you know, the sirens. So, yeah, me and Matt started sirens last summer. Um, basically, it kind of goes back to when I started surfing. There wasn't really anything. Um, I kind of went for a, a beginner surf lesson, and then I hired a board and just hung out with a couple of friends, and we just surfed together. But there wasn't anywhere to go to kind of have a whole more holistic approach. So me and Matt started something last summer where we just met every Friday night with a group of girls, uh, quite quite a small group. We'll just have eight on. So they've got nice inclusive uh, group. So we've got two coaches for eight people and we'll always incorporate a bit of yoga along with our surfing and we'll try and tie in the yoga specific to what we're doing in any given surf session. And we meet every Friday throughout the summer. It's just a really nice space for, for girls to get together, uh, get in the sea. And we have sort of all levels as well, like from beginners through to quite high level intermediates as well so it's something for everyone yeah i love that i love that you incorporate a specific yoga session for the surf session too like if you're doing cutbacks or whatever that's unreal yeah absolutely it's just yeah whatever we're working on like say we've got a flat water session we're working on paddling we'll be working more into our shoulders with our yoga session or we might be working on pop-ups and then it's more of a, a power little warm-up just to get those juices flowing before they get in the sea so yeah it's, it's good I, I love that i love that you know last week we had on andy's man club and we talked about you know like a setting for men to go and talk to each other about their mental health and stuff and how that's kind of like it's kind of a new thing for men whereas you know sirens kind of shifts to the other side where it's you know sport is unfairly dominated by males like it's not not whether it's right or wrong but it is like men get out and do more sport, I see, and having a space that's safe for women to get out and have a surf, that's unreal. Yeah, absolutely, and it's so true that is, sport is just actually dominated by men. I mean, I've been really lucky. I kind of grew up with brothers, so I kind of naturally gravitated towards sport anyway, um, and I've always loved it, But you and I kind of forget that 
for some women it's, it's kind of quite hard to take up sport because I've done it all my life um so I think creating that safe space is, is really important and it just gives women the opportunity to do something that maybe they've never tried before as well and if you're getting out of your comfort zone that just improves your confidence and mental health so much as well I think yeah absolutely so in terms of the mental health and um you know confidence aspect of it how have you seen a change in people you know from their start to finish or what the what the impact you see it having on people's mental health I think it's huge I think you kind of just see that the bonds they create with each other they've not necessarily known each other before and and there's a really cool like girls surf community thriving in Scarborough now there's a Scarborough surf girls have got their own whatsapp group and there's like so many girls on that whatsapp group and it's just really nice to see them all encouraging each other and just bigging each other up but there's not it's not it's unlike male sport it's less competitive it's more nurturing (laughs) I think if that makes sense so they'll support each other more I'm sure blokes do support each other as well but you've naturally got a bit more competitive drive I think yeah yeah I'm yeah I'm very competitive so even when like I'm talking to my partner it's like love you more and then I say I win and run off (laughs) (laughs) gotta get the last word in I have to, I, I, man. I'm I'm notorious for it. But yeah, no, that's that's yeah. The surf culture up here, it's you know, in my opinion, it's unique. I've come from a country that you know we we just we're known for being surfers. You know, we're yeah. yeah so I think sure. Right now, we've got two in the top five for the men's, and um, Tyler Wright, Australian women, she just won the Bell's comp. Um, but the the surf culture up here in the northeast of the UK is so unique, like literally every skill set is out having a ball there's no there's less ego i want to say there's no ego involved in no matter what the break is and everyone is riding foamies like everyone's got a soft top and they love it there's no like oh you're a kook riding a soft top you know (laughs) completely i think that's just come about in the last few years it definitely wasn't like that sort of 10 15 years ago so it's really nice to see it become like that and it, it is just uh growing and and just everyone is in there having a great time. We just everyone wants everyone to have a good time. And being in the sea is just one of those best places to be. Uh, there's no better feeling than getting in the sea, whether you're having a good surf or a bad surf. I don't. Yeah, like I, I will talk in this episode about the impact that the sea has on my own mental health. And even though, like, I'm an asthmatic, so the ocean scares me because I can barely breathe on land. So the fear of drowning. <laughs> But I'm still like I gravitate to the ocean. I I can't wait to get in the ocean whenever I see crystal blue water. I'm I'm there. But it's it's that fear that I think that helps my mental health. And I think whether you're the best surfer in the world or just starting, you have to fearfully respect the ocean because if you don't give it all your attention, she chews you up and spits you out like nothing. She's in charge every every single minute of every single day. Absolutely, you have to show her respect, and I, I think it's really easy to forget that. But it, and just even if it's your very first time in the sea, like I've I've come from like a lifeguarding background, so I'm quite comfortable mm. in the sea. But I've been in some situations where you're just like, ah, oh, just chosen the wrong day to come out here today, and this is like, but you've got little heart thumping away as you as you're paddling out. Um, but when you have catch the wave after that and you just have a great time, that just the fact that you've pushed yourself through that comfort zone and and you've battled through and you've made it and then the thrill of the ride after that is just something else, isn't it? It's just... Oh, it's 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 not 
it, surfing is not something you can easily compare to something because you know like I skate and snowboard and I think all three of them are very mm. different even though they're fundamentally the same yeah it's so true I, I don't skate very well but I do snowboard and it's just I kept, I snowboarded before I surfed and I thought oh I'll be, I'll be surfing it'll be easy <laughs> it's so normal <laughs> no it's it is it by just far me the hardest sport yeah and oh, it's like it's that that um that work that work ethic you need to just catch one wave like the the reward is just you got to work hard for it yeah you do definitely yeah there's, there's no easy easy ride <laughs> so in, in terms of like having the women here and giving them a space to do the yoga and and surf have you seen a, a growth in the um community up here yeah hugely like i was just saying that scarborough surf girls group not only started i think during the pandemic so before then there was like there was obviously pockets of girls surfing uh but it's just everyone coming more together now and it's really grown massively in the last i'd say since the pandemic and a lot of people t have taken it up through the pandemic because they needed something to it was obviously we all went through something pretty major there and, and people needed to find an outlet to deal with it and i think surfing was if it's on your doorstep, it's just a fantastic thing to do. Um, just clears the mind, lets you think, reset. Um, yeah, exactly. I think parts of the pandemic, you know, like as horrible as it was and as detrimental as it was for many people's mental health, there's a lot of, you know, silver linings that come about, like all these people picking up surfing and different things that they wouldn't like. I, I think arts and crafts have absolutely blown up lately too. People yeah, are looking totally. for different like types that. of outlets. Yeah, people growing their own veg, all that sort of thing. It just people just stopped and had that time to think and be like maybe reassess what they're doing with their life and take a slightly different path or just retune what they're doing, maybe just a little bit, um, just to make things work better for their lifestyle, I think. I certainly yeah. I love living by the sea so it's like I do a job where I get to teach yoga outside by the sea and then combining it with the surfing as well as just an added bonus oh cool so you said earlier you're a lifeguard that that fascinates me I'm like lifeguards back home there you know they, we, we get a lot of riptide so like you know lifeguards are essential on every beach and our beaches are flooded all year pretty much um being a lifeguard in the northeast what's what's that like um, yeah, it's slightly different to Australia. Definitely no Bondi <laughs> Beach, that's for sure. Uh, I, I started when I was 17, so a very, very long time ago. And I started up a bit further up the coast at a, a beach called Seaton Karoo. Um, yeah. And we literally, we'd get hardly anyone to the beach. So it was literally, you know, really, it had to be a really hot, sunny day for anyone to come down. So you'd do maybe <laughs> a handful of, handful of rescues for the summer. And the rest of the time, you're just wandering up and down the beach thinking, oh, this is a nice, sunny job. Uh, but then as time's gone, I moved down to Scarborough, worked here for the council, and then the RNLI took over. And they kind of took on a lot of um, their procedures and things from Australia. So we had a much more yeah. professional kind of structure in place and yeah we yeah and the service expanded as well so we're on much more beaches now or they are on much more beaches now no longer lifeguard but yeah it was uh i loved it but it's cold <laughs> it, <can be> very <laughs> cold. it is so cold here i'm not gonna lie <laughs> my six six mil wetsuit you know i'm still getting used to it it exhausts me putting it on it exhausts me surfing in it like 
there's no freedom it's so much harder to surf in a wetsuit isn't it it's just like i love it when it gets to summer and you can drop down to like four mil rather than five mil and you've got that bit more freedom in your arms you can paddle so much more i actually had a session last summer where i pulled up to the beach and i realized that i'd forgotten my wetsuit and luckily there was just a shorty in the boot and i put that on i had the best surf ever because i was a bit cold but i could paddle so much easier yeah i, I love that you said drop down into a five like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that's 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 yeah thanks <laughs> i'm not looking forward to summer off topic slightly you know um being a lifeguard i think I think in schools they need to teach more about rip currents and rip tides and just you know like we 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 yeah, learn absolutely. especially in Australia we learn we all do swimming lessons um, in primary school and stuff but there needs to be more ocean awareness because the amount of people even I've got caught in a rip before and I know what's going on and I was able to like reset myself and get out of it but even being in it was probably up there as one of the yeah. top five scariest moments of my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. And you knew what you were in, whereas imagine if you're someone who doesn't know what they're in. And I think it's so important. Like, I think that's one of the things we're massively lacking in this country is that it, like kids not learning to swim in school. We used to, when I worked for the RLI, we used to do a program called Hit the Surf. And for the kids to join that program in year six, they had to be able to swim 25 metres. And every year there would be kids in year six that couldn't swim 25 metres of a swimming pool. So they couldn't join the program to learn about rip currents and everything. So it's just like, just yeah. tear your hair out. Um, yeah absolutely yeah i'm still involved know, the only thing i'm still involved with with that is like is i do a program called swim safe in the summer um mm -hmm. and that's down on the beach and we take the kids in the sea and we're teaching them about rip currents and how a bloke to live and that sort of thing and i think that's so important but it's just it's not part of the curriculum it's just something it's just an added bonus that parents can book their kids into during the summer yeah it, look it's whether you can swim five meters or 25 i think like at least being able to see that from the sand and knowing like, oh, there's a rip there. There's a, yeah. that, yeah. The, how many lives could that save? It's not just about putting a fence yeah. around your backyard pool. Like how many people go to any beach around the world, anywhere around the world, and there's no flags and they, they want to get in the water, you know? Yeah. That's, oh yeah. yeah. I've always preached that. I hate it, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just know how scary it was for me. And you you mentioned Bondi before. You see Bondi Rescue in every single episode. Yeah. Someone's getting carried out by the rocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's there every time. But it's, it's like, yeah, <laughs> no one's learning because they're tourists coming in and they don't know how to spot it. Yeah. So anyway, getting enough. back back to the sirens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So come back off that tangent. <laughs> Oh, I could. We could talk all day. I love, you know, I'm very curious. So I love learning things about everything. And as soon as you said lifeguard, I was like, oh, cool. Let's talk about that. Yeah, pounce on that. <laughs> so with the sirens, like, how long how have you got? Has been running? Is it since COVID or before COVID? Or we literally just started it last summer. Sort of me and Matt have known. We Matt was a lifeguard as well. That's how we know each other. We yeah. lifeguarded together for twenty odd years. Um, so um, and we both set off on our own. Him to be. The surf coach for me to do happy pool yoga and we just kind of got together last year and just decided that we wanted to I got my surf coach qualification last year as well 
and just really wanted to put something on that was female only just to give them that nice space to meet up on a Friday night and it's just one of we both said it was one of our funnest sessions that we ran last summer we really look forward to Friday evenings um, yeah. hanging out and just we got really lucky with the weather I think every every Friday evening was a nice evening and just it was a really nice way to spend our Fridays just hanging out with these girls and getting them into their surfing and yeah and to yoga as well so pretty cool yeah that's unreal like um, I've spoken to Matt as well and he seems like a great bloke I'm actually hanging to get a few sessions in with him myself he seems like he knows a few yeah, things he should yeah yeah definitely he's definitely worth having that with but you know what i think going back to the life coach uh sorry lifeguarding again you know you guys have over 20 years of experience each and that's got to add that safety net to anyone that's coming into your classes yeah absolutely we're both like super conscious and on that level and also wanting to pass on that information to anyone that comes we do we've got like we're setting up some surf safety clinics as well so that people can come along just for an afternoon and we can teach them all about those rip currents, how to help each other out in the in the sea and that sort of thing. So um, we both really, you can't underestimate, like we said, the power of the sea and having no. as much information and knowledge when you go in there. Like if, as much as it's great fun, you need to go in there with a, a sense of awareness and knowing what can happen and how what you can do to help yourself and your mates if they get into trouble yeah like we, we ran a we, we're both um train assessors for surf life saving gb as well we were running a surf coach safety and rescue course a few weeks ago and we had a guy come along and he just he wasn't doing it to become a surf coach he just wanted to learn how to be safe in the sea and at the end of the three days he, he said to us is that's one of the hardest things i've ever had to do I mean, he's like never been so physically challenged and mentally challenged and he's like um really top of his game in, in property law that sort of thing but just he was doing something completely different when me and Matt were both like are kind of blown away by that because for us it's just second nature and everything within that is, is ingrained in us from like 20 plus years of experience and you forget that for a lot of people that are surfing they're coming at it from maybe a more sedentary lifestyle or um, with less experience obviously and less knowledge so it's just so important to try to get as much of that knowledge across to everyone that we come into contact with. Yeah, that, that's what I've noticed up here is there's a lot of, like, people that are just starting out. And no matter how old you are, like, man, people have all yeah. – I've seen a lot of people taking up skateboarding up here that are, you know, well past their 30s and just, like, yeah, mothers totally. and fathers and they just want to shred on a board in a bowl. Yeah. And it's cool. It's so cool, how can, isn't it? Yeah, so cool. How, how can people get around to these clinics and learn a bit more about the ocean and the rips and stuff? So all of our stuff for sirens is is on a page on my web website, which is happysealyoga.com forward slash sirens. And it's got the links to all the different things like our weekly sessions. We've got a day retreat coming up in the summer, a weekend retreat coming at the end of the summer. And then we've got these surf safety clinics that are on there as well. So just have a jump on the website and uh, you can find what you want to do there. Awesome. So is that happysealyoga.co.uk or .com? Or... Dot, .com. Dot com. Oh, dot com. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. And what about Happy Seal Yoga? Like directly to you? Like, is that can men get come and do yoga? What what's the go with that stuff? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yoga's for everyone. If I had a pattern for every time someone said to me, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible enough, I would be pretty rich by now. <laughs> and it's so not not true. Like 
flexibility is like a byproduct of yoga i would say you don't need to do it have it already to do yoga does that make sense <laughs> yeah oh it's don't get me wrong yoga is hard work but i do love it i love a good stretch and, yeah you know i think it's like anything in 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 life people have this expectation that they need to be the best as soon as they start but yeah. yoga's yoga is one of those things man just no matter how fit you are you're starting at the bottom <laughs> yeah and it's great yoga's great for getting you back in that like beginner's mindset like you've got to approach it like that and it, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it either it's like you're still kind of coming at it each time you do it with a beginner's mindset because every given day your body's not the same so each time you come into a class your body may not do what it did last week or it may be doing way more than it did last week you just gotta be able to it develops that awareness of where your body's at and, and what you can do on any given day so yeah but yeah definitely i i, I obviously I think it's naturally in the West uh, a lot more females do yoga than males, but I do have blokes come into my class. And I love it when they do. I think it's great. Um, it's, and it's nice to see that more and more men are coming along as well. And I think that's really cool. I think that goes back to the competitiveness, you know, like men don't want to do yoga because they're not the best yeah. right away. I've thought before, yeah, yoga, yoga has humbled me many a time. I think the first time I go over to go, was before I lost all my weight, I went through a bit of a transformation and stuff. I was very unfit. And I thought, you know, it's just a stretch. It it taught me wrong. Five minutes in, <laughs> yeah. I was sitting on the couch and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I was I used to work up at the REF base up at filing days. Just we went in for like a 10 week block with them and and all the guys up there like thought they were coming in for a nice easy session. <laughs> and we were a it's bit horrified easy. by the it's <laughs> definitely not easy. But, you know, it goes back to the mental health side of things too with not just being in the ocean and the ocean requiring all your attention. It's 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 something like yoga, going to the gym, um, skating, all that stuff. Like if you don't concentrate, you, you're not going to learn and you're not going to get the benefits or you could injure yourself. Like these types of settings might not be places where you're necessarily going to talk about stuff, but they're settings that go and, you know, give you that break. So you, you have to give it all your attention. I think that's it because your your mind is focused it allows you to let go of everything else that's going on for you at that given time like say for this this morning for example I was teaching yoga down at Sanzen beach which is a beautiful beach and you're just listening to the sound of the sea while you practice and you you've got to be concentrating because the beach is uneven so that adds a whole other level of jeopardy to your yoga class um and yeah for those 45 minutes you just fully concentrate and and everyone just at the end of the class you can just see the difference from the start of the 45 minutes to the end of the 45 minutes they just and then they all just say oh i just want to stay here for the rest of the day after <laughs> to work or wherever they've got to go so yeah, yeah definitely it's great for that i i think almost like i, I don't want to set a scale for something that's more important to the other in terms of letting go and taking that breath and that's a good impact for the mental health because I think everything is obviously, but there's something special about yoga in terms of like you have to focus on not just the movements you're doing, but the way you're breathing. And it's the breathing yeah. that yeah. really slows the heart rate and lowers the anxiety and all stuff like that. Definitely. And that's kind of, that's what sucked me into yoga. Kind of, I got into yoga because I wanted to get better at surfing. It was just like, oh, what can I do to get better at surfing? And I kind of got into yoga. I was just going to a weekly class. And then down the track, I got um, quite badly injured skiing and snowboarding. Uh, and I really struggled like mentally to deal with those injuries. And it was the yoga that helped me because just that breathing just helped with the pain mm. as you get when you're trying to recover from an operation or whatever. 
and then it was just something to ease myself back in and yeah it made such a difference I, and I still just cannot <laughs> rate it highly but it's not going to work for everyone but for me mm. it, it it really like you said it's coming back to that breath it allows you to let go of everything else and it, it really does make a huge difference and just and, and the other thing I got out of it that I wasn't expecting maybe as much was the increase in my strength from it like my surfing massively improved because of it because my paddle strength improved my pop-up got a lot more dynamic um just from doing yoga oh absolutely cool. and you know it, it yoga is one of those things where almost any um, professional sports person you know male or female yoga is mm. one of those things they're all doing and that's because yeah. the core strength is ridiculous you know a lot of a lot of basketballers footballers both australian and like the soccer i'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying yeah soccer yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> dangerous <laughs> territory there. I, look, I say football my mind goes to australia anyway Let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay, let's not get into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> the core strength it gives you just walking around. And today, we, you know, most of us sit down for work and the stretch it gives you, it prolongates your spine and all this type of stuff. It's it's up there, I think, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, what you say about everyone being, the majority of people are sedentary there because most people are working on laptops like this. They, they're on Zoom calls all day. So they're naturally just hunched over. So it's just that opportunity to open out that back bend get everything stretched out is just so important just for living well you know um yeah, not, never mind doing well in sport just for living well i think absolutely and i think like you know having uh, yoga by the sea that is just something that adds a whole nother level to it there's for me personally Doing yoga, there's not much better than doing it by the ocean. Um, my favorite time ever doing yoga was in Bali, and it was at a resort oh, yeah. by the ocean. And you know the weather was perfect, and I'm just sitting there. All I can hear is the ocean, and it's just yeah, it's a whole nother level. It takes it to another level. Just being able to hear the sea as you practice is just oh, yeah, it's something something pretty special. Exactly. I think it helps people like to properly go inside that little bit easier because you just instantly, everyone wants to connect with the sound of the sea. Whenever you hear it, it's just so soothing. Yeah, exactly. And that probably goes back to, you know, like evolutionary times. We we all came out of the ocean. Yeah, probably. Probably why we, we gravitate to it so much. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, totally. Yeah, yeah so... Before we wrap it up, like, is there anything you wanted to plug? Like, have you, you know, your Instagram page, your website, upcoming events, stuff like that? Yeah, so we're, we're on Instagram. We've just, this year, we've developed an Instagram page just for Sirens. So we're on um, a Siren Surf, I think it is. I need to double check that and I'll message you if that's wrong. But um, yeah, so we've got our own Instagram page for the Siren stuff. I'm on Instagram as Happy Seal Yoga. Uh, Matt's on as the Surf Coach. Um, and yeah, we've just got uh, weekly sessions for Sirens start May the 27th. Uh, we've got a surf, um, a summer solstice day retreat, which we're doing at the Buddhist Centre and down at South Bay, uh, which will be really cool. That's on the 17th of June. Uh, and hopefully we've got a weekend retreat camp, surf yoga camp coming at the end of the summer as well. And then that surf safety clinic I was talking about, the first one will be on the 29th of April. So loads of stuff to get involved with. Awesome. I'm going to have to hit you up after this. And get involved in a couple of those scenes because, you know, they all sound very fun. Definitely. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah, it'd be great to see you. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to you know have a chat, be on the podcast, and you know talk a bit about mental health, but also just the ocean and just things that make us stoked. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'll happily talk about the ocean, <laughs> the ocean, the ocean, even all day long. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. All right, mate. Thanks for that. You have a great day. You too. Take care. So there you have it. That was Helen from the Sirens. You know, be sure to check them out on Instagram. And if any of you lovely ladies want to get around it, uh, hit them up. I'm sure they'd be happy to accommodate you on the northeast coast of the UK. Absolute legends. And like they said, they're lifeguards, so you're more than safe. So no matter what your levels, get down and have a go. You. <laughs> now, it's time for a talk story. Uh, maybe I should do an intro to this. I don't know. Anyway, talk story. Yeah, let's talk about the adventures I've had on this last fortnight. And man, I have had some adventures. It was Easter weekend, Easter long weekend here in the UK. And me and my partner ducked off to Italy. And oh my goodness, that trip was probably one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on. And I've, I've been to some pretty beautiful places around the world, but... Italy probably tops the cake. Like, it's just, it's a different, a completely different experience. Like, coming to the UK, the history here already blew me away. I was like, whoa, man, everything is so old. And then you go to Italy, and everything in the UK looks new compared to everything in Italy. Like, the history there was crazy. I didn't expect to learn so much while I was there, you know, doing a a tour through the Colosseum and the Roman Forum and checking out all the temples and it was a guided tour. So learning not only like about what everything was, but the history behind it and why it came about. And man, it was special to be able to go to the floor of the Colosseum. You know, that's a fairly new thing in Italy. That was uh, an unreal experience. And, you know, I had to do the, are you not entertained? Because Gladiator is one of my favorite movies. Russell Crowe, shout out to the Aussies. <laughs> that was so cool. So if you're in Italy, um, definitely look into getting a a guided Colosseum tour because that was phenomenal. After the tour, though, um, we did some pasta making. So basically now I can literally make anything. I'm an amazing chef. <laughs> nah, I had a ball making pasta from scratch was so cool and the people that took the class they were they were you know they were charismatic and had a massive vibe about them as pretty much all the italians do i have like uh, back home in australia we have lots of italians um so i already love the people but in italy it's a whole nother breed and they were so cool man so accommodating very friendly always smiling so definitely look into a pasta making class and it's just not like any other pasta you've ever met. I'm um, sorry, met. <laughs> any other pasta you've ever eaten. It was fresh, obviously, because you just made it. And tasted amazing. And the wine kept pouring the whole time. So it was a fun walk home, to say the least. Um, on top of that, we did a food tour, which takes you through... This food tour was through an area called the Jewish Quarter. And I didn't even know like it was such a thing. So... The Jewish Quarter was an area in Rome that the Romans put all the Jewish people and, man, it was it was heavy just learning about that. This is a food tour, I remember. 
and we were learning about how like the Romans put the Jewish people in this area they put them there specifically because it flooded all the time and they didn't care you know like it was absolutely savage um but not on top of that, they taxed them as well. Like, you got to stay here. You have a curfew. We're going to lock the doors behind you. But you also have to pay a tax to stay here. That was savage. But it wasn't until Italy became a united nation that, um, or a united country that they abolished that. So they got rid of the, the you know, the, basically the segregating of the Jewish people there. So they'd already had a tough time. And then you move forward to the Holocaust, which, you know, we all know about that and how horrible that time in history was but we were learning about that and how like 2,000 Jewish people were taken from this area mostly taken to Auschwitz and you know their lives were ended but there's this artist um look I can't remember his name I'm not even sure if it was mentioned I'm pretty sure he is German I'll have to do some more research but he's doing what's called the stumbling steps so if you're walking around the Jewish quarter in Rome and you see these bronze plaques on the floor, these are the stumbling steps. Now, he's put these plaques on the floor in front of the homes where the people were taken. And he's done them in bronze so that people walking over them obviously all day, it's just going to make them shine more. So there's no disrespect on walking on them. But he's also done the writing on them in such a way where you kind of have to bow down to read it. And on the plaques, it's got the name of the person taken, um, the date they were taken, the camp they were taken to, and the year they were taken from us. Um, and I thought that alone was like, wow, that like this person is 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 doing something so rad. Like they're just it's teaching people, and you know, and something that's so horrible. He's not making it less horrible, but he's at least acknowledging it, which is is good on him. But while we were there, something even above that next level happened. We were looking at the stairs, steps, learning at the steps. Sorry, learning about the steps. And these two um, Italian ladies walked out of the building. And they didn't speak any English. They were older women. And the steps that we were looking at, the names on them was actually their parents and their brothers. So they were five years old when both their parents were taken um, and their brother, and I'm not sure how, like, why they weren't taken, like, I'm not sure what the process is, whether they hid or not, because their English was non-existent, and uh, the guide did translate a bit, but, you know, that wasn't elaborated to us, but their family was taken, and meeting these two, basically, Holocaust survivors was such a surreal moment, and something that I'll definitely remember for the rest of my life, and carry with me forever. You know, we just got to appreciate things. We have to, you know, we're still here. And that was one of those moments where it's like, wow, man. And these two ladies were still smiling, still vibing. And even though they survived, we're looking down at these plaques. There was a two-year-old on one of these plaques. The two-year-old's details taken to Auschwitz and, um, yeah, taken from us. You know, um, it was heavy, but just... Seeing these ladies smile and, you know, they were, I don't know if they were heading out for a wine or cheeky wine or something, but it was such a cool, cool moment. So on top of the, you know, that amazing experience, we also had the Coliseum, the pasta making, beautiful food, sun the whole time. The, the people were amazing, so I can't recommend Italy enough. That was just, 
there were things I saw from like the fourth century and stuff. It's just that was so cool. So if you're interested in going to Italy, pull the trigger and head there. You you just you can't lose, man. People in the UK, you guys are so lucky. Like this part of the world, it's it. The rest of the world is so accessible. You know, in Australia, we're so far from everything. We got Bali. Bali's cool. Love Bali. Been a bunch of times, as every other Australian has. But the rest of the world is just so much further away. So you have no idea how lucky you are. A bit closer to home, uh, we got a new tapper's place, Zimologist. It opened up in Thornton the Dale. And the food there is unreal. They got a bit of a soft opening at the moment where they're just doing the weekends. But it is worth the grub. You know, the, the tapper's style food, it's just... It hits. So if you, you're in Thornton the Dale or even close to it, head in there, grab yourself a drink. The rum is really nice and all the food it will not disappoint. So Zimologist, Thornton the Dale, get around them. Now lastly, I had the privilege of jumping on another podcast uh, with a legend, Maddie from North Carolina. He reached out, you know, we've, we've connected on Instagram a couple of times and yeah, he wanted me to jump on his podcast called Surf Shorts, which is like a podcast where he gets people of all different skill sets, uh, skill levels of surfing on his page. And, you know, I'm like proper rookie, basically a kook, you know, all the gear, no idea. But um, we, we got on his show and we had a good chat just surfing and, you know, we talked about this podcast and, and just, yeah, just talking. So check out uh, Surf Shorts. Um, podcast he's a legend doing fun things and that wraps us for episode four had a ball you know i'm having fun now releasing episodes uh the sorry the point one series where i'm releasing on spotify and youtube you know that's a whole nother game and man this is it's cool i'm blown away so again 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 thank you all so much for the support you're absolute legends I wanted to give a special shout out to a place called Council Bluffs in Iowa. I've never heard of this place before, but you guys are loving the podcast. I'm getting a few listeners out there. So Council Bluffs, Iowa, thank you for the support. If you want to hit me up, I'd love to hear from you guys. I'm I'm intrigued to see how you guys are digging it. So check out the website, Boydies and Beanies, or the YouTube channel, or the Instagram page, Boardies and Beanies as well. Um, that's N, November N, um, Beanies. So I'd be wrapped to hear from you guys. But that's it for this week. Until next week where we drop point, uh, 4.1. And the week after, 5's already shaping up to be a good one. So keep keep the hype. Keep the stoke. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Enjoying life. Getting lost in living. And we will see you. Next week and the week after and the week after that. week uh, <laughs> We're having fun. All right, guys. You have a beautiful one. That's enough for me. Love you all. Thank you again. You know, I'm out. Peace. Yeah.